For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to the Southeastern 14 Saturday night special. Got several SEC games to talk about. A few going as we're still doing this. But, Blake, we were really looking forward to three games in particular coming into today. Not that we didn't want to watch all of them on some level, but three in particular particular were ones we had circled. I think that two of those delivered as much as you could have asked, and the other one was (laughs) a pretty big letdown. But uh, a very interesting day of SEC football nonetheless. Yep, and uh, if you're just jumping in here, guys, as always, uh, if you want to uh, give us a nice super chat, you can do that. That's probably going to be the best way to get your comments uh, or questions answered on the Saturday night uh, reaction edition, as usual. But, um, yeah, if you want to reach out and sponsor, advertise this show or any other, caroline.smith at southeastern14.com. I'd say, Chris, we got our game rankings, right? Um, We debated this on, what was it, Thursday. We said, how would you rank – what we figured would be the top three games uh, heading into it. And I mean, I, I said, I thought, you know, if you had to rank them based on blowout potential, I thought Georgia Kentucky had the most blowout potential, yeah. although maybe not to this level necessarily, but I did think it was there. Cause again, all you had to do was get Georgia, you know, having a Georgia type game the way they've had tonight. And um, Kentucky still, not been fully tested at this point. This was the first big game for them. And so, um, you know, we wound up putting that third in our list and we put LSU Missouri second. And that was, as we said, not shockingly, uh, a very high scoring game back and forth, all that. And then, you know, the best game, which, you know, scoreline may be a little deceiving because Alabama had gone up 26, 17 there against A&M. But yeah, I mean, what a, Interesting three games and big storylines coming out of all of them. So, yeah, take your pick. AM, Alabama, and LSU, Missouri were maddeningly, not maddeningly, wildly entertaining. That's what I'm trying to say. And the results aren't what I thought. I had, I had AM winning and I had Missouri winning. Both home teams, both lost. We we didn't know about Kentucky Georgia that one we we thought what we saw and are seeing is it's technically still going as we're watching this was a scenario but yeah I mean I, I think the big thing maybe the I guess the biggest surprise of the day to me was Alabama doing it the way that it did it because last week 
Alabama went run, 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 run. You thought you were watching 1950s Alabama through the, the ball so little. And y- you figured that was just going to be the recipe going forward. A&M's got a, a very, very talented pass defense. It can really get after the passer with its front seven. It did that, but Jalen Milrow had, I mean, like a bunch of career highs anyway, made some huge throws in that one. And I don't think we're shocked. I mean, we're certainly not shocked that Alabama won the game, but I think the way that it won it offensively was not the way we would have drawn it up. Now, that defense, which I've kind of said, hey, that's the storyline that maybe everybody is not sleeping on, but maybe not talking about enough because it feels like sometimes you're watching a little bit of a vintage Alabama defense. And I feel like that's the defense that showed up today. You got a little bit of that on special teams with the block. I think it was by Chris Braswell. Uh, so that was part of it too. But yes, I, I think that that um, the, the way that that one happened, probably of, of all the things that happened today, that was probably the one thing that I circled the most is, all right, this is a little something to watch going forward that's pretty significant. Is that – you got anything yeah. better than that? Well, I mean, I, I thought Alabama would have a tough time running the ball against A&M, and I, so I'm not exactly shocked that they went the route they went because, I mean, I think A&M was their top 25 rushing defense um, yeah. numbers-wise, but like you said, it's the secondary, though, and it was going to be a challenge any way you looked at it, and I think that's why, you know, everyone – for the betters out there, you know, that line moved significantly in AM's favor all the way down to two and a half or whatever it got to. Um, yeah, there was a lot of positive momentum towards thinking that this was kind of that turning point game for AM to really, you know, fully pronounce itself as back, right? Like, um, officially back. Uh, this is the season where we can win the West, which again, they still are there, but um, yeah, it's just Alabama <laughs> people counting them out against Ole Miss count them out in this game against Texas A&M and they just, you know, they keep doing it outside of that Texas A&M game, or excuse me, that Texas game. They just keep finding ways to win and they've done it, you know, here and on the road in a very hostile environment, toughest, you know, road game of the season so far. And uh, yeah, they, they made it work with, with Milrow and Burton and the defense, like you said, made big plays um, at multiple points in the game. I mean, that was just – and that's what you've always expected from the great Alabama teams, right, is yeah. the defense always steps up and makes those huge plays at those critical moments. And, you know, they had a couple of those in this game um, and probably more. You just kind of dive into certain down and distance scenarios. But, yeah, so it was um, – yeah, Alabama's not going <laughs> – Alabama's not going anywhere. Uh, I know we all want to count them out at times – couple weeks ago um but yeah here they are at five and one and got a pretty nice schedule the rest of the way chris and i'm not saying it's it's not hard but when you think about it right their next three games are at home uh against arkansas tennessee lsu still got to go to kentucky and auburn but yeah i mean the for the momentum wise getting your next three games at home after you know these what three performances in a row here, yeah. the win against Ole Miss, um, you know, the, the win at Mississippi state and now, you know, a really good win on the road against Texas A&M. So. Yeah. A, a couple things here. I think the point that you brought about Alabama being home for a while, Alabama could make a lot of headway towards wrapping up the, the West by the time it hits the road. <laughs> next time that LSU game will be a big one to circle again. I mean, like Tennessee for that matter too. Let, let's not, let's not discount that one. 
Uh, and I want to get to LSU in just a minute because I, I think if we were bearing LSU, that was a mistake. But Jermaine Burton, I feel like that's a name that we haven't talked about in a long, long time. He had nearly 200 yards receiving today. Had, had that big touchdown catch where Milrow made a fantastic play with the pass rush closing in on him too. One criticism I've had of Alabama was I just didn't feel like that receiving room was up to the standard that we saw latter part of last decade, early part of this decade. And that's, you know, that's a, that's a historical standard, but that's also Alabama football. To me, it was encouraging to see that Isaiah bond broke a big one today, although, you know, A&M helped a little bit on that, leaving him open. So that, that is a dimension that I found fascinating today is just that Alabama went the way that it did today and found a go-to guy with Jermaine Burton the way it did. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, just given the, not know what you'd expect from the passing game this season, it's just been hard to kind of figure out who's going to emerge and have one of just those, that massive type game. But again, it's, um, yeah, to have it here in this one, it's, uh, that's when you needed it. I mean, again, in this kind of environment on the road against Texas A&M and yeah. So, I mean, Alabama, like we said, I think the schedule sets up well in terms of, um, you know, everybody gets to come to their place now for the next what month. They don't play another road game until they go to Kentucky on November the 11th. So yeah, you're at home for the next month and um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's setting up much better. Again, think about where we were after the South Florida game. They had just come off the loss to Texas, uh, played the way they did against South Florida offensively. Sky is falling, and now they beat Ole Miss by two touchdowns, beat Mississippi State by 23, and won on the road at A&M. So, yep. Yeah, and Andy, talking about the Braves here. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I didn't want to – you know, I pulled it up on the screen, but I wasn't going to oh, address it because I didn't think it was – I didn't wear my Braves hat tonight, so – we we are here for an SEC football podcast. That's what our audience is here for for live stream. But uh, th- that that is the only team that I get emotionally invested in. And, and this was a a tough night watching that between all the football. But anyway, um, yeah, we, there's always there's always Monday. Okay, uh, LSU. LSU's down twenty two to seven. At one point, cannot get stops. I'm thinking this might be a rout. That is not what happened. Um, LSU's defense struggled again today, but Harold Perkins made two huge plays with the pick. The first one Brady Cook had thrown in, what was it, 366 attempts. To that point, Missouri had done no wrong. I think he tipped a field goal, too, or a pad. There was another big play that I'd, I'd written it down, and now I've forgotten what it was. Uh, and then, of course, they get the, the pick six to end the game, which at that point, Missouri was already down. But we've said this time and time again, LSU's defense isn't any good, or not playing like it's any good. It's certainly got some talent, but the, the problem is that offense. Um, it just needs to get her a couple of stops, and that's the way that it played out today. I was having a discussion with somebody on Twitter about Jaden Daniels, and I just dropped the question of uh, something about you know if if LSU lost three or four games, you know, could he win the Heisman? He, he there might be a case from him as the the best 
player in the country. Somebody argued with me, said he put up all his numbers against bad teams. I, I looked that up. That's not true. But, hey, how about that kid today, Blake? He he hurt his ribs. And you remember me saying at media day, I stood from, from me to the wall in front of me to him, and I was like, that kid is really thin. Um, just not not a big frame at all, and I worried about him getting hurt. Well, that happened to him today. He hurt his ribs, came back. Um, I think it affected his throwing a little bit, but didn't matter. Made made a ton of big plays, brought them back to a, a big win. Um, LSU still hanging on by a thread, I guess, for the for the playoff. Just hard to say how this is going to play out, but uh, player of the day today, I think. You, you could make a pretty good argument that it was Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know how anyone could go into this game and or come out of this game thinking that Jaden Daniels was ever even close to part of the problem here. Yeah. Um, he, he's not. Like, he is the only reason that they didn't lose this game, um, didn't lose an Arkansas game. Like, I mean, it's just he is – tremendous like and again you can say he's done it against this team and that team but i mean you know lsu's given up 39 to missouri 55 to old miss 31 to arkansas they got 45 to florida state start the season and you know this guy just keeps putting them in a position even with the defensive inconsistencies which at times is putting it very lightly he has given them – he's been able to put them on his – put it on, on his back and just carry them to where they have a chance no matter what. And, you know, yeah, he's he's been remarkable. I mean, how did you say it? 73.1% completion percentage, 16 touchdowns, only two interceptions. Um, and he's got three rushing touchdowns, almost got 300 rushing yards now in addition to the 1,700 passing yards that he has. So, yeah, I mean, Daniels is – he's tremendous. Um, and you can say he it's against this person or that person, and and sure, does it help given who's around him? And they just got ridiculous playmakers on this roster, of course. Yeah. But he's taking advantage of that, <laughs> you know. He's he's the one thing that he's not just putting them out there, and you know, he, he's giving them a chance to succeed, just like they're giving him a chance to succeed. So, yeah, that's what a quarterback does. And so, yeah, he's and he's something else, and that's why I'm sure LSU fans are thinking, my goodness if our defense at times just played average and not below average, like we've seen at certain stretches this season. And again, that may be putting it lightly for some of the stretches that they've played. Um, who knows? Right. And, and they're not out of it. I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? With this win, they're not completely out of it. They have two losses. Um, but we kind of alluded to that a couple of days ago. They're not completely out of this thing. They've got Auburn next. Of course, they've got to go to Alabama but they get Florida at home. They get Texas A&M at home. They're going to be favored in three of those final four SEC games. Yeah. You know, and they are. The Alabama game, Alabama's probably going to be favored in that one, I would say. <laughs> Pretty good bet. But still, with the way – with because they have Jaden Daniels, they're going to have a chance to win that game in Alabama. Um, and, you know, it's just a matter of where's the defense at at that point. So – yeah, LSU's not out of this thing. You know who else was maybe the most underrated piece of that game was Logan Diggs because Missouri gets up, it gets that big lead, and, I mean, Missouri just clicking on all cylinders. You cannot stop Brady Cook. I thought the headline of this game was going to be Cook and Burden, and uh, you know the, the defense slipped a little bit today, but it's LSU. That, that can happen to just about anybody. 
But I thought getting Diggs going, and it wasn't spectacular, but he was picking up first downs and doing things, keeping that defense off the field, sort of changing the tempo of the game. They had 230-yard rushers today, Daniels being one, him being the other. I thought that was a big part of what LSU did well today. Yep. He's, um, you know, he's going to be someone that's not talked about a ton just from that standpoint, because you do know that most people are going to say, all right, well, look what Daniels did. Look what neighbors did. Look what Thomas did and so forth. But yeah, I mean, you look at it takes, right? I mean, he's an important piece of this puzzle because guess what? Everybody else knows what Jaden Daniels is going to try to do in, in the game. Everybody else knows what they have to defend with those playmakers in the passing game. And then you turn around and you look at Diggs and you're like, all right, this guy rushed for what a hundred yards against Ole Miss. Um, rushes for 134 today. He scored three touchdowns the past two games. And yeah, I mean, it's he's he's a big part of this too going forward. It, it's just it adds another dimension to this offense to where, like you said, it's one of those situations now where man, it's they're gonna have a chance against anybody they play just because of how many points they can put up, even against you know, like I know like. Ole Miss, you know, defensively and Missouri said slip a little bit just in this scenario. But yeah, like I, I would feel confident about LSU even against good defenses because this is an elite offense with a lot of different people stepping up uh, and making plays on a game in and game out basis. Um, you know, we always kind of bring up the stat of just those big plays, right? Big playability in this offense. Well, once again today, it's like we got four guys who go for plays of 34 or more yards. Diggs, Daniels, Neighbors, Thomas. It's just how it works with this team. And that just breaks open a game and completely changes, you know, how you how you can approach things and how quickly you can turn the game. And so, yeah, I mean, that's that just adds another dimension to this offense. So all right, Blake, we're getting getting called out by a couple of people here, people here. So we'll own it. Um what? hold on a second. Who's getting called out? I am. I, I mean, I I'll own it. I picked AM in this game. Uh he's right, Brock, you're right. Um didn't didn't lock it down. I didn't know. I just thought they were two good teams. Like some things A and M had better. But uh, hey, look, you, you never you never count Nick Saban out. Um, and so congrats to them. They're, they're finding an identity on defense for sure. Offensively, that may may go week to week. But he's he's the best coach in my mind in the history of college sports for a reason, and he is showing it so there's that um one other one and then we'll get to our super chatters uh chicken fifteen fifteen is doing a lot of crowing a lot of boomer sumer hey we're not ignoring what oklahoma did today uh we just are not gonna dive in with both feet on oklahoma and texas till they're officially in the league we're we're about a two and a half man show and we try to cover the 14 teams we cover pretty well but uh speaking of good games i, I got to watch a little bit of that one so congrats to the sooners uh, they in Texas played a, a phenomenal game today. I did catch bits and pieces of that. Yep, we will get to uh, Oklahoma and Texas here soon enough. It's Southeastern 14 slash soon to be Southeastern plus a couple. Um, that's not going to be our name, guys. We're not going to call ourselves Southeastern plus a couple, but um, <laughs> just, just letting you know. So, Chris, we've got confirmation, and we will get to Justin uh, Super Chat here in a second, but we've gotten confirmation from Blaine Gilmer, that the way this game is going between Georgia and Kentucky, and if you're watching this on the replay, I apologize. My guess is it still turned out this way, but Blaine is currently at the game, or um, maybe he's still there. Maybe he's he's 
hit the exits like he can he can leave by now if he hasn't this one's but blaine has confirmed that he has had to shield his son's eyes from the violence that's taking place in this game right now between georgia and kentucky so um it's unfortunate but it's it's a good teaching lesson well there was some violence done to devin leary uh that was my concern for kentucky is it just i thought he had it in him to play better but we haven't seen it yet um you know, look, Georgia got after him. It wasn't all Leary. And then on the other side, my goodness, when we're having this player of the week discussion, I don't know if Carson Beck's going to get it because Kentucky took control of that game pretty early. My, my guess is your player of the week is Jaden Daniels. Uh, could be Jalen Milrow, but I'm, my guess is going to be Jaden Daniels. But Carson Beck, my goodness, throwing for nearly – Almost 400 yards tonight, four touchdowns a pick. Uh, this looks like a Georgia box score from last year where they've got eight or nine different people catching the ball. They don't have one dominant running back, but you look up at the end of the night, the the yards per carry hey, against Kentucky, 4.9 a carry, which is what it is that I'm looking at. That's pretty respectable against Kentucky. Uh, did enough to keep the chains moving. Uh, Georgia came out and – kind of put the hammer down, and there wasn't much doubt about who was winning this one from the first quarter on. Yeah. No, I mean, it's – um, look, I mean, next, uh, we talked about it. Blaine kind of mentioned that too. I don't maybe in a text with all of us or whatever. We I don't remember exactly when we talked about it, but perhaps a similar setup to which it's been different, but um, similar setup to the Tennessee game last year in terms of team having all the – the difference is team having all the momentum, but the difference I think has just been – like you said, it's, this is that game. And we knew this is that game where it's like Georgia is always capable of this, like right here. Now, we haven't seen it consistently this year, and people have been you know, able to pick apart certain things, maybe unlike years past in some of these scenarios. But with this one, it's like, man, they're just – they're always that, you know, game away, right, from doing something like this. And – yeah, I mean, it's just we we've seen that in this game. I mean, Carson Beck, you mentioned how well he's played. Um, you know, Leary, a couple touchdowns, but the numbers still. And we just knew we knew Ray Davis going to have a much tougher challenge, you know, than he had last week against Florida. It was just a different scenario here, and that's why Georgia is Georgia, and that's why they're the two-time defending champion, and that's why they haven't lost a game in you know forever now. And so, yeah, it's just man, it's it's so hard to come into that environment night game, which is what we said going into it. Just think about kind of the setup and everything. This is why this game always felt like it had that blowout potential. You know, even if again, uh, maybe I didn't think it'd be 31, which it is as we're recording this right now, but yeah. So, um, all right, Chris, let's get to some super chats here with Justin. And then we will, um, we'll wrap up here in just a little bit, but I'm going to circle back around to this because I was going to ask this question. Anyways. Well, so and, and Blake, I want to circle around to a couple more games just so people know we will hit those. We're not, we're hit, we're not going to spend a lot of time on Florida Vandy and, yeah. and a lot of time on Mississippi State, but there were a couple things I wanted to mention out of those games today that are noteworthy. Well, and the Super Chats are going to lead us right into that. So we're going to go in the order here of Justin's Super Chats that will hit on game we've already covered in Missouri. We didn't spend any time talking about Missouri on the other side of the LSU game, but – um, Justin with a $2 super chat asks, is Missouri legit despite the loss? I still think Missouri's fine. Yeah. I just think LSU was, I mean, it's just what LSU can do. Like we said earlier. So 
the two things I worry about about Missouri, and maybe it's unfair to say them right now. I, I thought as much as I like Missouri's defense before the season, um, I, I would have liked for them to be a little bit more statistically dominant than they had coming into today. And, and then against LSU, they they gave it up a few times. But that, that happens to just about everybody. I think my bigger concern from Missouri is that Brady Cook looked a lot more mortal today. Um, had a couple picks, had a couple other throws that were there for the making that he just didn't make. Um, you know, more of the completions were on the dump down variety this week. So I I think that that was probably a case. I'm not I'm not saying Brady Cook's start was a fluke. I don't think that at all. I've just been super impressed at the way he played. I felt like he was playing at an A plus level for Brady Cook today, and I thought we saw that drop to to more of a B with some of the mistakes. So I want to watch that going forward. But I still think that Blake, I, to me, Missouri's still a top twenty five team. Interesting game next week at Kentucky. Because yeah. that's a really interesting game now for both teams. Um, again, just kind of given given the performances, and obviously one a little more extreme than the other in terms of points total, point difference, point differential. Um, but yeah, that that becomes a very interesting game to see how both teams bounce back. Um, you know, and then after that, remember that's that's the issue for Missouri too is the remaining schedule is having to go to Kentucky. They still got to go to Georgia. They still got to play Tennessee. You know, they've still got to go to Arkansas. There's South Carolina and Florida in there too. So, yeah, I think LSU, as we said, I don't think you just overreact to the LSU loss. There are some things you can take away, as Chris said, but I'm not ready to just completely say, all right, things in here for Missouri. Um, I still think they're a very good team, as we've seen to this point. So, and we're, and we're in control of that game for a while. I mean, let's not forget that. Like they were, they were in a position to win the game again and go to six and zero, but it just didn't turn out that way. So, all right, Chris, let's get to Vandy, Florida. Do we have to? Um, well, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this one because we're going to try to get <laughs> out of here in the next little bit. But um, yeah, let's let's quickly touch on Vandy, Florida here, real quick. So Justin has a couple super chats on this one, a $10 super chat, which remember guys, you can leave that for us. It's a nice donation for the channel. Uh, you can also do what Justin has done as well. And that's join the, it just means more membership tier. Hit that join button. Uh, you're definitely going to want to do that. And that's all I'm going to say right now, because um, we are going to have some very interesting things uh, membership wise here coming soon. So if you want to be part of that, go ahead and join that. It just means more tier and we'll add some more information here in the near future. But Justin's $10 Super Chat is, it's very simple, is Vandy cursed? <laughs> Will Vanderbilt's coordinator survive the year? He's got a lot of questions on this. Um, and he also adds in another $5 Super Chat here, Chris, should Vandy's receivers use the John Cena, which, Chris, I'm not sure if you're familiar with, um, should they use the can't-see-me move before each play? Would that even help? Um, so, Justin, not happy with the Commodores at this very moment. Well, I don't think Vandy's curse. I just think its athletic department has been poorly run for uh, longer than a lot of you watching have been alive. Um, and this coaching staff isn't getting it done. I do think you'll see at least one new coordinator next year for them. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to let you handle the John Cena thing because I'm I'm out of my depth on that one. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, here's the thing. Today's game, I thought, was one of those where I'm not surprised the way it played out, right? Like, it was they're, – they're hanging in there for a little bit. Um, you know, Florida winds up winning the game 38-14, for those of you who didn't watch the game. Um, but, you know, it's a tight game almost going into halftime. But then it felt like one of those situations where, like, you've seen this so many times with Vandy games over the years where it's you're right there with a chance and you're just trying to get to halftime only down a touchdown. And then all of a sudden what happens, right? Florida adds on another touchdown. Then it's a two touchdown game going into halftime. It's always that sequence that it just seems like that happens when, especially, you know, with this team, it's just putting together enough of those sequences to where you don't put yourself in that situation where you, again, think of how different that is for a team that's looking for anything right now to go into halftime down 14 to seven versus 21 to seven. It's only seven points, but that's a lot for a team. I think that is just really struggling to find any confidence, any consistency right now. And then from there, you know, yes, they make it, it stays a two touchdown game going to the fourth, but I still don't think you ever felt like, you know, past that point that that was kind of the turning point. And look, Florida, I, I, here's what I thought in this one. You know, you think about, there's no, Etienne, right? And we said, I think, going into it, it's one of the things Vanderbilt did well last year to win that game and, you know, pull the upset. Florida couldn't get anything going last year running game-wise, whether it was Anthony Richardson, whether it was Johnson, whether it was Etienne, they couldn't get anything going. But now, you know, Johnson goes for 135 in this one. Webb ended up going for 70. Now, he had that one long run in there. Uh, But they got that going, but Graham Mertz looked good. I mean, he just, you Mm -hmm. know, was able pretty much to pick them apart. Like, it just didn't feel like there was much of a – I mean, what was the – what do you go, 30 of 35? 30, 30 of 36. 36. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. Well, look, we, we do we do yards per attempt. That's the big stat now in this day and age. But I think sometimes completion percentage is kind of important because that keeps the chains moving. And you got a couple teams, Missouri being one, Florida being another, that sometimes when, when the passing game works, although – well, Cook has shown that they can really throw the deep ball. I don't know that Florida, other than Pearsall, can really do that with regularity. And even then, I, w- I would say it's probably limited. But what Mertz and Cook both do is when it's on, they're completing a lot of passes and keeping the chains moving. And I think the big stat in that game, because you look at the box score, you look at a lot of it, you think Florida's going to win, but maybe not as lopsided as the score was. I think Vanderbilt was one of – one of 13 on third and fourth downs today. And, and that was just really the the story. It was just that keep drives alive, keep the clock going. Um, and I think that's, you know, maybe Florida's tapped into a little bit of an identity there. I don't know. Vanderbilt's defense is awful. Um, so I, I hesitate to make any conclusions. But Mertz has completed a, what a – I think he's been a 70% guy or higher all year. So maybe that's something. You see, and, and look, John, Montreal Johnson, ETN kind of stole the show at that Tennessee game a couple of weeks ago, but people forget he was, was he the, I think maybe the Sunbelt freshman of the year, two years ago, they brought him in from Louisiana, had a great year. I thought he had a chance to be one of the best running backs in the league. And really they, those two were 1A and 1B a year ago. So, uh, and then Florida had some guys behind him today that, that played well too. They They just spread the ball around. You got a lot of guys involved, and um, that was more than enough. 
Yeah, I mean, those two guys are both 1,000-yard rusher-type guys, and we mm-hmm. that was what we were talking about in our bowl predictions going into the season. Like, the, that's just what they are. And Mertz has been – let's just call it what it is. I mean, there were some of us that were not sure what to expect from Graham Mertz, but he's been much better than I think a lot of people expect him to be in terms of just efficiency at this point. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean – it. That was the kind of performance I think you wanted to see from Florida. It, although there was some unhappiness. Like you heard the fans booing what was that early in the game and they were getting yeah. a little restless. But once they got going, I mean, it, there are some things that Florida still has to fix. By no means just winning by 24 against Vanderbilt solved some of those areas. But it was at least something right after losing the way they did at Kentucky last week. So um, speaking of Kentucky, this thing's 51-13 now. Ooh. Um, unreal. Uh, so... Yeah, I think you look at it from that standpoint. But here's the other deal. We talked about last year, Vandy's given up, what, 30-something or more points in the last how many seasons it's been. I mean, think about how what they've given up. Take out the Alabama A&M game. We're not counting that one. They've given up 28 to Hawaii, 36 to Wake Forest, 40 to UNLV, 45 to Kentucky, 38 to Missouri, 38 to Florida. You are not winning games. Like it's just that, and, and you hired a defensive coordinator as your coach. Your three, it ought to be much better than that. Well, here's well maybe not, maybe not much better, but better. My goodness, here's a problem. Uh, I know they still got a talent deficit that's huge, but still, how do they give up less than forty against Georgia next week, and then add Ole Miss the following um, after the bye? Spoiler alert: They don't. So, I'm sorry, Justin. Um, five dollar super chat asking if any teams are accepting new fans. There's a lot for you people in the chat. Please send your best offer to Justin. He's looking for a new team here. Um, and I hate to be that way, but like it, it it's it's got to be frustrating. I mean, Vanderbilt fans, we know frustrating in football for many years. Um, you know, with some ups along the way, but yeah, this is. It's I just I don't know that that school will ever make the wholesale changes to do the tough things it needs to do to win ball games. I know the facilities are going to be nice, and I get that, but at this rate, all it's going to be is, um, you know, a, a plush visiting environment for all the the fans you want to bring. Blaine says Florida's identity is that they played good against teams that can't stop the run; otherwise, they are hot dog water. So, um. Meanwhile, Tennessee can't stop the run. Well, I think the jury's out on that. Meanwhile, we have not talked about this game. And just so everyone knows, we are doing this like a little earlier than we usually do it just for from a scheduling perspective. But, you know, Arkansas is taking the lead on Ole Miss here in, in the fourth. And so that is a game we'll talk more about on Monday. So just letting Arkansas and Ole Miss fans know we will talk about that game on Monday. Blaine will talk about it in the morning report. We'll talk about it on the daily show. Um, yeah, so don't, don't fear. Just remember we are doing this live on Saturday. Um, and we're doing it a little earlier than we usually do. So we probably won't get any thoughts on that game. Uh, unless Chris, you want to give some thoughts of what you've seen to this point, but in terms of the, the finish, uh, still to be decided there as we're recording. So, yeah, I, I haven't seen much of this. My attention was divided between uh, Kentucky, Georgia and the Braves. Uh, I'm going to watch every bit of this from here on out and I've had it on but not a lot's happened although Arkansas just went up as we're doing this a few minutes ago um I, I did want to mention one game that has finished we haven't talked about we're not going to a lot but I think there were a couple of significant things that came out of this today 
Will Rogers left that Mississippi State game. State beat Western Michigan. They left that one early, and his left shoulder was dragging. He's a right-handed thrower. Uh, but if you got a bad shoulder problem, you know, it's better, It's I guess, it's not your throwing shoulder, but he was out of pads before that game was over. And I think they said, oh, um, Woody Marks was in a walking boot. So that's their their quarterback and their best running back. And, and oh, by the way, the defense leaked again today. I, I I'm gonna don't don't kill me if I'm wrong about this, anybody. But I think they said Western Michigan was down to its third quarterback. That kid had a bit of a field day. Um, yeah, the, their state's defense still is not getting stops, and, and now we'll be interested to see whether they are down with Rogers for any length of time. Well, the Marks, off next yeah, week, by the way, I was gonna say Marks wasn't a walking boot, so that is something I definitely saw that. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's not good. <laughs> like, so hopefully, again, they, they do, and that's why I was pulling up their schedule because I'm like, I know they get an off week next week, but then, oh, talk about a grind of a schedule at Arkansas, at Auburn, home against Kentucky, at AM after that. That's four straight. Oof, that's brutal. So, yeah, so so definitely the the bye week at least comes at the right time, right for Mississippi State, given those two injuries. So we'll see what the extent is uh, of that. But yeah, forty one twenty eight win for Mississippi State in that one, the only non conference game this week. But um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I didn't, I did watch a bit of that. I didn't take a lot away other than just like you said, the the injuries. I think are the most notable storyline now coming out of this one. So um, wrapping it up, I'm trying to think of what nationally affected the sec today, obviously Texas, Oklahoma. Um, I, I think Texas would have, well, I, I, I think of the two teams I would have handicapped Texas to get a bigger boost. Well, I mean, either team was going to get a big boost from this one. I guess what I'm trying to say, Texas had a much better resume coming in than Oklahoma. Oklahoma had beat much of anybody. Uh, so that shuffles the deck a little bit more. Uh, Ohio State tra- trailed Maryland early, but came back and got that one. Um, Fresno State, for whatever that's worth, probably going to fall for the ranks of the unbeaten to my Wyoming Cowboys. I know there's a lot of people asking about that one, Chris, in our SEC. Well, hey, I mean, look, video, it, it, I don't, I don't leave anything off the table. Um, in what is a weird season, until you've got a, a a one to the right of that dash, everybody's who's unbeaten is maybe still technically in it, even if it's a one percent chance. But yeah, I, I know many of you circle that one as one we talk about for sure. Um, Liberty won last night. Stayed unbeaten, by the way, for whatever that's worth, too. Uh, what what else is worth discussion here that we haven't gotten to either in the SEC or as it affects the SEC? Well, it's not that we haven't gotten to it, but we did start this, you know, basically as the fourth quarter was starting. But just coming out of this and just remembering that, you know, for, for all the discussion about Georgia, if you want to see what they can do when they turn it on like this, watch, watch the four quarters that they just played against Kentucky. And 
you know, it's never been an issue of talent. It's never been any of that this season. We can poke apart stuff. I, I saw it. I'm not going to pull it up. Um, but yeah, like this is what, this is what they've been like <laughs> Kirby smart now. Like this is what we expect. And it felt like we were just all waiting to get this game. Like this kind of game right here is what everyone was waiting on before, you know, because we're always looking for reasons to kind of jump, jump off the band. Like we're, we're looking for reasons to, to end the streak. Right. Chris, like everybody was looking for yeah. reasons to call off the Alabama football success. It was all over after the Texas loss, but what have they done? Nick Saban has regrouped. They've come out playing good football. They've gotten a couple big wins now in the past three weeks, beating Ole Miss, beating AM. And now it's like, here's Georgia. Yes, they had a close call last week against Auburn. But now they, they regroup, they come back home here, and they just put they put it to Kentucky. And now that's the scary thing. It's like what does this do for them now moving forward? Now that they've yeah. got this game under their belt, the one we've all been waiting for this season, look out because they get Vanderbilt up next. That won't be pretty for the Commodores. They go to or they didn't go to Florida. They got Florida and Jacksonville. They host Missouri, host Ole Miss, still got to go to Tennessee. But that is a nice way, I think, the schedule sets up for Georgia here. And yeah, this was. If you're a Georgia fan, this is pretty much everything you wanted it to be um, in terms of this is what you've been wanting to see from this team. And, and Carson Beck, too, like not to say that you know we've said he's been better, I think, than people have given him credit for, but this is the kind of game where it's like, uh-oh, Georgia's still pretty good, folks. So, uh, To answer Isaiah's question, yes. Missouri was unbeaten. Kentucky was unbeaten. Both those went down Saturday. Well, there you go. Yeah, Alabama's um, got – here's a rarity. When's the last time you saw an SEC team play three straight league games yeah. at home? I know. That doesn't it, happen often. Schedule yeah. sets up nicely for Bama. This was the – I think just that, again, given the way the schedule fell, how they've turned things around since that South yeah. Florida performance. Like, it is – yeah, it's it was the right time. And so, what do you know? We're talking about Georgia and Alabama leading the way, Chris – in SEC football right now, uh, based on some of their recent performances. So we got Tennessee, Alabama next week. It's not next week, is it? No, you're right. I'm saying it's not, it's not the third Saturday in October. Yet. Uh, Alabama's got Arkansas. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. AM and Tennessee, though, it's an interesting one for the Aggies now. Yeah, let's see. What else have we got? I mean, Kentucky, Missouri will be interesting just to see how they bounce back. Tennessee and AM will be interesting for a number of reasons. Um, Auburn, Auburn LSU stylistically, I think, is going to be interesting. Um, the Blaine's question: Did you hear who ESPN was hyping up for the Heisman a little bit tonight? I don't who? think they're wrong. Who? Brock Bowers. Now I don't think he's gonna have the numbers to win it, but I think Blaine might be naming the um the wrong Georgia player. I, I don't know though. I mean Well, for those listening on audio, Blaine is asking if Carson Beck will move into the top five in the country, or he's saying Carson Beck will move in the top five in the country in passing. 
after this game? Is he a Heisman contender? I'm going to say hopefully because I think that was my bold prediction for Georgia. I think we all did bold prediction. I think that was mine for Georgia. I said Carson Beck was going to be in the Heisman race at the end of the season. So hopefully he moves into that. But we'll see. All right, Chris, we're going to wrap it up. As we said, guys, uh, be sure to check out everything we got on the channel. We'll have a lot of thoughts. Arkansas will miss on Monday. Starts with the morning report with Blaine. We'll go into it on the uh, SEC Football Daily Show at 11 a.m. Central. So uh, for fan bases, both of those, um, one of you will be excited to hear about that. One won't. But uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you can check it out. Also, check out our friend Chomps. Use the promo code SC14. Uh, go to the description there. Click on that link. And you get 15% off your first Chomps order. Great snack if you want to be finding some snacks to eat during these games. You can do that. Anything else, advertising, sponsorship-wise, send that on over to caroline.smith at southeastern14.com. But, Chris, we are going to do this. Predict the line for Georgia versus Vandy. I'm going to go ahead and give it to you right now because I'm pretty sure – I have at least I've got a guess. I want to hear how close I am. All right. What's um, your guess? I'm going to guess 35, and again, if I'm wrong, I'm going to guess I'm low. Okay. Well, I don't, actually don't think I have it yet. My guess is it will know here in a little while, but uh, you're going to say 35? Uh-huh. Mm. Uh, I think it's going to be higher than that. Um, but we'll see what it is. I'll I, say I think... 35 to 38. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I think it's going to be higher than 35 um, for a variety of reasons. So we'll see. We'll play, play the lines. Um, so, but again, guys, we have our predictions going up for all the games. We put those up on Mondays early in the week, give you our initial thoughts on everything. And so we have game previews and all that. So we appreciate you watching here as always. And uh, yeah, Chris, we can wrap it up. Yeah, thanks to everybody for watching. We'll be back at it on Monday, and we'll have our, our Monday show. We'll also do our predictions. Um, so thanks to you all for watching. God bless you. God bless the Braves. <laughs> Goodness. Keep Max Freed's finger healthy, please. And uh, we'll see you guys Monday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.